Welcome to Cottonmouth Manchester, a podcast brought to you by CityCo, the city centre management company for Manchester and Salford. I'm Vaughan Allen from CityCo, and this is the second of the recordings we're doing focusing on issues around rough sleeping. When we first visited the issue back in our second podcast, we talked a lot about street support, and we wanted the opportunity to go into more detail. So, joining me to discuss the issue is Viv Slack of Street Support. Hello. <laughs> uh, to start with the really easy one, um, can you describe street support for us? Yeah, how sure. It, how does it help? How does it work? Yeah, sure. So, um, our mission is to make it easier for anyone that's homelessness that's homeless to get the help that they need. Um, and when we asked a lot of organisations. Um, it came clear that what we could do most was actually help the helpers. So that's what we do. So, um, yeah, there's, we have a online network and then we also support offline. Um, and that's for anyone that needs to find help and anyone that wants to give help. So in practical terms, if you're looking for help and you go to the site or to the app, what would you see? Yeah, so on the, yeah, for find help, so whether that's for you or you're trying to help somebody, um, so that could be a member of the public or a frontline worker or a volunteer or a nurse or anybody. Um, so if you go to find help, you'll see um, lots of categories and you can say what you need. So if you need advice or you need to know where to get free food or clothes or medical help or any of those things, um, um, you just select that and it'll tell you exactly uh, where you can get it near you based on where you are um, and if it's something like food then it tells you what's available today so it's very much like took advice from people on um, the circumstances where they need help straight away um, and we tested that with um, Gary's six-year-old so we've tried to make it really really easy to use um, uh, yeah so that's the find help side of things there's also information on there um, if you're trying to help someone in an emergency so if you came across someone who's literally just become homeless and, and hasn't yet taken any steps it'll tell you like the important things to do first like registering with your council or which drop-in centres can give you advice so that's important too so presumably within the content there's quite a lot of information that's probably standard but needs being updated what to do with first aid or where, where to contact in terms of numbers I guess uh, but then stuff that you need to update almost every day where, where food is where soup kitchens are that sort of thing yeah so that was really important to us early on um there's been um things in the past like printed lists of where to go but everything's changing very quickly and gets out of date um where pos where you may used to have a, a smaller number of like bigger services or council run services there's now lots of small grassroots groups um so yeah things change quick so we've made it really easy for organizations to update their own information so um each organisation has like someone that knows how to update their services. So if a time changes or, for example, Coffee for Craig have just started to do an indoor service every night of the week. So they were able to put their own information on there and make sure everyone knew so that straight away people people would notice that was there. Um, and there's also a bit of an incentive for the organisations to use it regularly because they can also post up things they need. So that kind of takes us on to... Um, the give help side so that side of things is for anyone that wants to do something to help and doesn't know what to do so again that was something we heard a lot when we were doing the research people and businesses um saying you know we're willing to help but maybe what they think might be needed isn't necessarily what is needed it's really hard to know um so we try and make that really clear so if you go to give help there's a list of exactly who needs donations of time, of items, and of money. Um, so you can kind of think, well, uh, you know, what feels important to me, or what have I got to give, and try and find something that's suitable, but you, that you know is needed because someone's asked for it. And that can be about products, um, 
bedding, whatever it could be, food, food supplies, yeah. whatever. But it's also about services. Uh, and yeah. your, your skills are really important and really useful in those circumstances. Yeah, it's been really surprising. So I think all of us, we imagine, um, and, we, and we tend to think of rough sleep as more, whereas we're trying to cover like anyone who's homeless, which is a range of different situations. But we tend to think, well, if that was me, you know, the main things I'd want is make sure I was warm, make sure I was um, had enough to eat, and obviously make sure I have a home. Now, most of us aren't able to offer a home, so we tend to go to the food and clothes. Um, and what we found is actually they're generally in quite good supply because a lot that's kind of quite easy to give. Um, so if you look at what's on there, it's quite it can be quite surprising. So there is sometimes things like you know, uh, like large men's shoes or like underpants and socks always comes up in different items of toiletries. But also it can be things, um, there was an organisation that wanted a security guard for their like Friday night service. There was um, some people um, looking for sort of medical or legal help or it could be help with comms, like really all sorts of things. Um, And we that's listed as well for things that businesses might be able to give but actually quite a lot of what um, we do as street support is um offline so businesses will often get in touch or or individuals and say you know we'd love to do something to help we've got this idea maybe and we try and sort of um from our knowledge of the network think whether that idea would work or whether there's maybe something else more suitable so to give an example um we worked with a health and safety company who had some ideas around um doing like a food run and um when we asked them worked with them to see what they could do and what the network needed there's actually services they can offer for people for their buildings that to like do um kind of um certain checks they have to do every year that cost quite a bit of money so they were able to offer that for free for example so it's really wide ranging uh there's loads of amazing skills obviously in business that cost a lot to charities so that can often be one of the things that we come up against a lot is actually a lot of companies that are wanting to get involved mm. but, and, and probably have that one two three days of csr days mm. that they've got each mm. year as a good ethical company but actually not knowing mm. how to do it which yeah. is one, always one of the problems isn't it yeah it really is and um it, that's been you know it's difficult sometimes because we're really um getting to know how the organisations run and they tend to be obviously really short on resource so their kind of prime um, thing where they're stretched is really their skilled people that they have you know and the demand is greater than the number of workers so there'll be um, some of some of them um, you know they're really uh, up for having like corporates to come in and do volunteering but it takes a lot of quite a lot of effort and their time so often it's that balance between this amazing offer that's really kind and thinking well how do we still you know we don't want to take skilled staff away from um the people we're trying to help in order to organize volunteers so then that's that's tricky for people and we've been trying to um support people to help in other ways so i think sometimes maybe a bit of reluctance to um do fundraising because you don't get that direct feedback um but trying to think of ways where, you know, perhaps it could be both, um, you know, like um, there's a great organisation called Forkoff and they put on um, social events. So for people who aren't with really chaotic lives, but maybe sort of um, low to medium needs, and they just put on like a really amazing day with like music and advice and food and all sorts there. Um, so for example, like supporting an organisation like that to run an event or something. So you're kind of seeing some feedback, but it's not taken away from the services. So just think it's, yeah, a bit of creativity, which is what businesses do well. And I think the main thing is just asking, yeah, what's needed. And that's got to be 
at the heart of it, really. Yeah, I think people don't really realise how uh, much work it is to mm. deal with volunteers mm. and to actually keep volunteers. Yeah. People sort of say, well, we're giving you all this this work for yeah. free, but actually yeah. you've got to keep them within the law for a start and within yeah. regulations for a start, but actually then train them up to be of a standard where they're of use. And it's not just about the company using up their two or three days or whatever yeah. it is. It's got to be practical use yeah. as well for people. And I mean, it's, yeah, and again, like it's, I think it is really appreciated that people want to help. It's really um, encouraging that is there. And um, But sometimes, yeah, just thinking what you can do. So, you know, if you have marketing people, that's amazing. So for us, for street support and for organisations we work with, there's often help in those kind of areas. Or um, like people with technical skills, but people that can write really any you know or, or offer creative workshops or there's all sorts of things so um yeah I think it's just going in that with that open mind and seeing like what's needed um there's also some interesting kind of um startups or individuals that are trying to help support that process and so Gary who's my partner on street support but then also there's a couple of other people in the city um who will try and like you know because that thinking time and being creative and thinking how does this business and their skills and the needs kind of match? It can take quite a bit of time. So there are some people um, that are starting to do that work, and, which is interesting. And I think one of the changes we've seen probably over the last six months, year, is certainly when we first started to see a lot of rough sleepers on the streets and it became an issue, you, you started to see a lot of people who, uh, I don't like the term do-gooders because it's a bit insulting, but people trying to do their yeah. best to help uh, with the ideas that they, they had. And now we've moved to a state where pretty well everything has to be co-created co with people who have experience with service users and so on, which obviously means that the process can take a little longer sometimes, but it tends to mean that you're actually getting the support that people really need. And presumably you provide that sort of that fulcrum point to be able to bring the knowledge to say, actually, this is what people need and this is how we can link you up potentially with an ex-service user or however, and actually make me mean that those that precious time and that precious resource that you're giving as a company or as an individual is used for the best ends. Exactly, yeah. So, yeah, that's exactly what we're trying to do. So, both through the website um, and, and the app, but also um, offline. So, between us, we try and cover a lot of the homelessness charter action groups uh, and make sure we either go to or hear back from those. So, they're groups that are, have people with lived experience of that issue and people from frontline services and sometimes public sector and businesses um, working on an issue so that could be around with um, mental health issues with uh, young people issues specific to certain types of accommodation so those groups will talk about the challenges and try and come up with ideas and then sometimes there's um, something they need so they'll like tell us and then also from the organizations and people directly um, so that that's it trying to act as that bridge and um, thinking back like a couple of years ago I was one of those people that really cared and realised I was actually trying to help an individual um, in Presswich and realised even with all my connections and what I thought I knew, I didn't actually know. I couldn't think of any way to really help him with what he needed. So that was where it all started, really. But I think, yeah, over the years, we've, um, you know, we're learning and learning every day. So that's how we see our role, really, trying to take all that learning and then think creatively about how we can make it easier for people that are really short on time and knowledge to kind of do something useful. And I think the co-production is absolutely critical and at the centre of everything. It's not always easy. Um, sometimes it makes things slower. Sometimes, you know, it, um, so, so a lot of times people are really willing to maybe speak to someone with lived experience and find out, but then 
it's trying to get someone at the right time and all this kind of thing. But it's all kind of always worth it, I think. Yeah. So over the what, two years you've been running, yeah, it's two, two years. Yeah. Um, how, what's the interest been like? How's how's it grown? And and how have you managed with? expansion on a relative financial shoestring I guess yeah yeah good question uh, work in progress um but yeah it's changed massively so I think there was obviously that point where at the beginning we'd asked lots of organizations and people that have been homeless what was needed so we were reassured that we were doing responding to that but it's still uh, a great unknown and I think the voluntary sector and the grassroots organization the volunteers responded um, well and that kind of made us feel we were doing something worth it even if it was just for them um, whereas obviously what's been it was more difficult for the council to see maybe where we fitted in and now they're great supporters but there was definitely um, it was a change like a big change in like where, where are these people how does this fit in so that took a while but that's kind of working better um, getting the message out is probably our biggest challenge with no budget so we've really been we've been really lucky um we had um, an agency in Manchester who, for the, their donation for the year, was to help us do some social media campaigning. So that was great. Um, and the big change, um, because we support the online part of big change, the posters for that. But yeah, really the words got out with, you know, we've got no marketing budget. So we've tried to do what we can uh, with a lot of help from different people. But that's a great challenge. And I think especially thinking Greater Manchester, I mean, um, We've really realised the last sort of year, just for people who are experiencing homelessness, those boundaries don't exist in the same way as they do, you know, for councils. And so someone who becomes homeless maybe in a smaller place like Bury or Rochdale is probably, you know, very likely to come in both for the services and for the company and to feel a bit safer for lots of different reasons. Um, and so yeah we it makes sense to tackle it as a greater manchester issue but then getting the word out and um you know creating a real network around that is more difficult um but it's really important we're really aware that last christmas um in the run-up to last christmas um we were crazy busy so really there's two of us that are working full-time and then we have some great volunteers that help where they can and um like we've just like the best news ever we've managed to raise enough to employ someone with lived experience of homelessness for a year um so they'll be helping us this year but it gets very busy now with um people start to you know it gets colder and people think of how how they are at christmas and really put there's more kind of empathy and kindness and thinking you know well we must be able to do something so a brilliant thing happens where we get a lot more more and more and more communications about what can I do to help um so obviously the website does answer a lot of that but often people want a conversation or it's quite an individual thing so that's our real thing this year to maybe try and get messages out before and um engage some more volunteers in answering those queries and things like that so yeah a work in progress definitely I, I guess as you say that the period leading up to Christmas though it is that period where people are thinking a little bit more and, mm. and seeing people on the streets is, is something that does trigger a conscience, mm. I guess. Um, and uh, we're probably getting beyond the point where the first reaction of every company is to think about serving food on Christmas Day to mm. actually try and get a message out yeah. of the support that's needed in a wider sense mm. at that time of year. I was just going to say on Christmas, I think one thing that was good last year is um, we put together a Christmas timetable. So there's lots of great services um, doing different things and we tried to make sure every day was covered um, so that was a good 
you know, that was a great example of all working together. Um, and yeah, like a huge number of people want to volunteer on Christmas Day, which I found, you know, I was quite surprised. I didn't realise that. I always assumed it would be, you know, something that people would struggle to get volunteers. But, you know, Christmas is a difficult time for a lot of people. And I think actually there's a quite, a, you know, it's almost, it can be quite a relief to have something positive to do. And um, so, yeah, just to say, normally those vacancies get filled up really quickly. So it's actually just thinking, yeah, is there, are there other things you could do on Christmas Day or or before or after, and um, rather than focus on that. Yeah. And, and then where's the funding come from at the moment? For us, yeah, so oh, we've been really lucky. Uh, it's very ad hoc. Uh, there's been a lot of times where we either can't pay ourselves or we're not sure about next month. Um, so it's quite hard with not to really build a team or anything. Um, so we've, we've it's been just been really individuals that have found out what we're doing and supported us. So with a couple of philanthropists, um, a friend of a friend, a uh, Christian trust. Um, and then, so that's really been up till up until the last few months, that's been how it's been funded. Um, but we're getting to a stage of, we're getting towards where we want to be, which is um, self-sustaining. So um, we focus on Greater Manchester and that's kind of where our heart is. But other cities have started to contact us and say, um, well, we were thinking of, you know, we, we need something similar. We've heard about what you're doing. Um, can we, you know, take, take what you've done and and use it here so we've started to run a bit of a model where and the software's written that it can go anywhere so other cities um need local energy there and a local network there but the software will will work and then we try to get um somebody like a corporate or um the council or whoever it is it's been different in different cities to pay us like a small monthly amount just to keep us going so yeah where we'd like to get to yeah and, and now um also um we're um getting some money from manchester now so a small donation from Citico, which is amazing every month and um also just about to um have a small amount from the council every month so i think if we can just have you know our costs are very low um luckily we donate Bruntwood donate us an office so we don't need to it's literally just covering um, people's costs and using volunteers where we can. So, yeah, we're hopeful um, and starting to find out where, you know, um, grants and other sponsorship. So, yeah, we'd, we'd love to find if there's um, businesses that do want to do something to support this network uh, with money rather than time, that's another thing that... Um, obviously we'd love to have sponsors so that's uh yeah mix of uh, mix of taking money from where we can and just trying to keep our costs very very low and use volunteers where we can uh so you when you talked about other cities i think it's one of the interesting things talking to Leeds mm. and a few other cities it's it's one of those classic pieces of of, of tech or or information i guess mm. that people can't quite believe that it hadn't been done before and mm. that, that classic place between provider and and those in need yeah um it seems an obvious thing to do. It does. It just hadn't, hadn't happened before. Yeah, it does. Um, and because actually we originally had well, a very different idea, which was around kind of um, saying, well, if people need money for um, accommodation when they're begging, um, then we could do something where we do some kind of voucher scheme, we're using tech, you know, and tech-wise, fine, that would be great. But there's actually not the accommodation available. There's not actually much accommodation you can turn up and pay for. So... Anyway, through the course of that research, this idea came up. And the same as you, we just thought, well, that's got to have been done. Or, but really, when we looked into it, 
um, the couple of places we'd seen were just sort of a list on a website. So there was a kind of a list of organisations which gets you a certain way, um, but, um, but hadn't sort of taken it to the point of thinking, well, what do people... What are the real scenarios where people are in need? What, how do you make it really easy? But then also bringing in the give help side. So I think that was the change of thinking. Find help and give help are like sort of two sides of the same coin. So I think by us being able to help organisations get more donations of what they need and more volunteers of, of the skills they need, then they've been more um, you know, supportive and interactive and that's why the whole network has worked. Um, but I think also it's just a very... The time and place, uh, you know, where we started doing it, just what was needed at the right time, I think, with the homelessness charter coming along and, yeah, very, and big change, so, yeah. Have there mm -hmm. been any major mistakes you've made? <laughs> yeah, or things I'm sure. you wish you hadn't done? Um, I'm sure, let me think, I'm trying to think of specifically. Um, I think one of the main mistakes uh, is maybe just, you know, saying yes to everything from fear of, missing an opportunity and then just really burning out or not focusing on what's important. And that, that's a running theme, I suppose. Definitely learning and getting better at that over the time. But, um, you know, there's amazing... There's over, like, 100 organisations now on the list. So, you know, every time you hear about a new service or something, you you tend to think, oh, we want to meet them and learn more, and that's great. There's just a limit um, to what we can do. And I think also um, recurring theme, again, which is maybe people with small startups or who started a business will recognise is there's that transition from doing everything yourself to trying to set it up as opportunities where people can help or and thinking with us you know there's only like two of us to, soon to be three um but there's lots of volunteers willing to help so you're thinking like almost if it was an organization well we'd be in teams and then you'd have you know whereas I've got con like hundreds of contacts instead of you know so there's just loads to learn and I think um a lot of the mistakes haven't been necessarily around the homelessness um, side of things because we were both really aware that we're not experts in this area. We've come from a different background, and so we just ask questions and we check everything. But in terms of you know, be relatively humble. In yeah, terms of exactly. We, we're really aware of that, and and it's more been you tell us what's needed, we'll do it. But in terms of um, maybe running the organisation, uh, I never intended to do this like I'd left my job and I was working as a freelancer for sort of charities and social impact pro projects just on advising on the digital but then this idea kind of got bigger and bigger and turned into like a full-time thing um but I hadn't particularly set out and gone you know I want to run a, run something so there's just been loads and loads to learn I think sorry just one final thing I think as well was just um also thinking I had to take everyone's advice. So I think there's something I've learned about being really open to everyone's advice, but then trusting my own judgment. And at the beginning, I kind of felt every time someone told me to do something, I had to try and take that advice on board. Presumably that becomes easier, though, as you go on. You yeah, it's just learning. You know what gets yeah. the reaction from people. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, a lot of people, painfully, uh, think technology can be the answer to all sorts of mm -hmm. social issues and, and social problems. Um, I mean, what do you think of... The, pit, the potential pitfalls of, of trying mm. to put your faith in technology to solve social Absolutely, issues. yeah. I, this is probably the area where I feel have felt most uncomfortable over the time. And, it, um, and 
more so when it's maybe being misunderstood what we're trying to do. So I like, I'm a massive believer in technology as an enabler and a facilitator, but I don't think it's the answer. And it can't, I don't, for a lot of things, I don't think it can be the answer. Um, so for us, um, it works as a way of us reaching more people with a message, of drawing more people in, of connecting more people, informing. But the, you know, we are really, really clear that it's like, we're not going to solve homelessness. We're just helping the people that do. And so, and like, um, redirecting the resources and trying to maybe um, help coordinate, so reducing duplication and finding out where there's gaps and that kind of thing. Um, so that's all great, but like the the real work isn't gonna is gonna be done by like other projects and providing homes and um, so yeah, really really aware of that. Um, and I think um, there was also probably the main criticism we got early was like rough sleepers don't have mobile phones so that getting that over was really clear so I think we've always tried to make it so that if someone does have access to technology it's easy to use um, and also trying to make it clear where people do have access to technology through the libraries but we but really uh, we see the main users of what we've built to be the volunteers the frontline workers the members of the public the um, you know the someone's trying to get discharged someone from hospital it could be it's all of those cases really, um, and also other people who are experiencing homelessness or facing homelessness and do use a phone. But, um, yeah, it's, you know, a mobile app is not going to solve homelessness on its own, but it, enable, it can enable other things, yeah. I mean, we see a lot of um, hacks and various other projects of, of people who want to get involved. Um, I mean, what, what would your advice be to people who, from the tech background, who actually want to help with this issue or with other issues? Mm. I mean, how do they get involved? How do they start? Mm. That's a, well, that's a yeah, great question and good timing. So um, it's still an experiment, but we've just had our first event where we thought, well, the hack idea is really interesting. So you get loads of energy, amazing people, good ideas come out, but it's very difficult to keep that momentum going afterwards because people go back to their day jobs, everyone's busy. And not always, but generally the ideas kind of fade off afterwards, in, in my experience. So we we thought, well, what would happen if we had more of a regular thing? So we meet every month um, and we already know, we've already got lots of items on our list that people have asked for. Um, so at the minute it's for street support, but we could see that being broader so other charities could come and say we need X, Y, Z. Um, so yeah, meet once a month. So anyone um, with technical skills, but also kind of creative people and sort of comms people, you know, what if we just all get together and then we, as Street Support, clearly give a list of what things are needed and people work on it together. So also, you know, can we build a bit of a community around that? Um, so I'll let you know what happens. The first event was great, really. I think my favourite moment was a kind of asked people, called out different skills and like, said stand up if you've got this skill and there's just like so much amazing talent in the room which was fantastic um whether we can keep that momentum going whether it works it's all it's to be seen um i did have a look around the world of who else has tried to do that um and the only project we found was uh, in canada there was a group doing this with um sort of emergency relief for refugees and asylum seekers and so they've built kind of a platform purely through you know the digital community in Canada coming together and working on it. So we feel like if it can work somewhere, you know, Manchester Digital Community is a great place to start. So fingers crossed. Um, and that's on Eventbrite, or you can find it on the Street Support um, 
social media or news site. We'd love to have anyone else along. Cool. Um, and then you, you mentioned the homelessness charter. So mm. how does street support fit in with the with the charter? And that's been that's what eighteen months, two years yeah, old as well, amazing. isn't it? So yeah. uh, how, how's that going? What's it yeah. doing? Yeah. So um, I think the, the charter itself. Um, one of our I think where it's up to I'd say is that the co-produced action groups have been like brilliant. So I think there's some great discussions and people are getting together regularly and trying um like trying little solutions and seeing whether they work and really digging into like what's needed based on people's lived experience in these different I think, topics. I think it's important to sort of say that it's, it's very much bottom up isn't it? Uh, yeah. Everything behind the charter is this idea yeah. of, of um, co-creation and, and, yeah. and working with service users about what they, they really need rather than imposed council solutions or imposed anybody's solutions. Yeah definitely it really the way it runs it's really turned everything on its head so there's no kind of um, strategy setting or um, steering group there's actually uh, it's the other way around so the action groups um, they really are people who have lived through this experience or they work in this sector and they'll say what they think the solutions are what the challenges are and then it's actually the other way so the kind of partnership board which has key influences in the city they respond to what the action groups are asking for so it's very much the other way around and then when there are strategies like for example from managed to council or from gm the groups all respond but it's not being set from from the top so it's a really different way of working um it's challenging because behind the partnership there's no workers there's no team it's all of us that are already doing um you know so most of the people involved already kind of run a day center or part of a service or, or like us um so yeah i think where it is is it, the 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 culture is amazing and the relationships are good um but capacity-wise, it's difficult. So I think we can all see more potential that could happen um, if there was a bit more capacity to, like, even just, for example, like with the comms, you know, just making sure there are some good success stories, but they're not getting communicated because everyone's busy and stuff. So we're really working on that um, and trying to get some more comms volunteers and partners to help with that. But so, yeah, so good progress. I think co-production um, is amazing, but it does take more time and effort. So I think people we're all really realizing you know maybe how much um yeah with the extra time what what more could happen and how we fit in is it was just great timing really because we'd started to work on this idea and we met Jez early on who was um starting to do the ask lots of people what they wanted to say in the charter so it was just that good timing so when they were going to launch they were kind of we need a digital bit we were able to react really fast and we already had that platform and um, then it's just continued like that really so I'm on the driving group and um, we then help them communicate or organize events or set up workshops or um, we're all kind of working towards the same goals. And, and since the mayor got in with mm -hmm. his pledge to end rough sleeping have you seen a step change in people's attitude to yeah. the issue and a, a sort of a rocket up the bell end as well? Uh, yeah I think there's definitely a positivity that um well first of all that the gm boroughs could work better together which is a huge you know huge thing we can do a certain amount in manchester but then if you know if a different council is sending you know their people here or there's miscommunication or people are getting um, so yeah that's positive i think working together and just having a figurehead it's very topical um but i was reading recently um 
Naomi Klein's like latest book, and she was talking about uh, when Obama first got into power that first time, and he had like amazing support on this mandate, and everyone who'd been pushing for him said, "Oh, it's all right, we've got Obama now. Like, it's going to be okay." And it and it wasn't, you know, it's like he he could have done that much more. And I think it's this really important time where um, I think Andy Burnham and his team, especially like Beth and Ivan, are like super committed to what they're doing. They're listening to people, so. The strategy they've written they had a workshop that people could feed into it and so they're trying to be very participatory but again they've got like a small team and not much budget so I think it's really up to the rest of the partnership and people involved to really lay out you know solutions and say you know we think this should happen or you know try and do all that thinking through and keep participating and not just think um it's going to be solved by like one guy. <laughs> so. Or even three people. Yeah. In that case. Um, I mean, how would you like to see street support develop? Mm. Um, I think um, we, you know, talking um, with the mayor's team, the idea of this uh, network and how they're hoping to run it, they'll definitely be organising events and trying to coordinate that network. But there's definitely a job around um, sort of coordinating services and analyzing where there's gaps and bringing partners in and so if really what we're doing but on a more of a gm scale i think we've got gm organizations in but we don't know the other areas as well so i think it's that move to just thinking like like all of us really there's a concept of gm now but what is that really going to be like can we expand beyond manchester and then remembering there's other places but really linking it all together um but i think i've just had when I was sort of over the summer trying to reflect where we're up to um for me personally what's really important now is we've got this solid platform we've got this mapping and I want to focus on creating change so where you know where are the gap where are the gaps what can we do about the gaps who can we get together and um yeah like you had to have that initial platform initial mapping but now it's about change Cool. And, and just to remind people finally where they go to yeah. access all this information. Yeah, so it's um, streetsupport.net uh, and yeah, that's that's been built to really work from like any device, you know, mobile, tablet, um, desktop. Um, and then there is also an app called Street Support um, and, you know, usual places through there, uh, there's sort of a, a news section and social media and everything. And if you have kind of... If you think you can contribute in some way, whether it's um, comms or as a sponsor or, or you've got questions about how businesses can help, then that's what we do. So feel free to get in touch. Excellent. Thank you very much, Viv. We'll be continuing with this series next time, looking at Spice. If you have any comments or ideas for things to cover in the future, you can talk to us on Twitter at, at CottonmouthMCR and we should be available on all good podcast services. Until next time. Mm-hmm.